Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wildstorm Addiction, episode number 50. Woohoo! All right! <laughs> For July 2015, it only took us five years to get here. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a shorter time period than a lot of other Wildstorm titles that made it to this milestone. I'm Ben Murphy. And I'm Joe David Solis. We're going to kick off here, obviously, like we said last month, we only have one title to talk about nowadays, but it's better than nothing. Uh, after being gone for a year, we actually kept our promise and we came back here the, the next month. So <laughs> so uh, we're going to be covering Midnighter number two, and uh, we are going to be talking about spoilers. Did want to go over some of the things that have happened in the last month. Obviously, there's no major Wildstorm news anymore. <laughs> there probably won't be for a while, but at least we have Midnighter. Um and, you know, with the recent, you know, um, uh, Supreme Court decision, you know, obviously he his name came up a lot being, you know, a, a gay character that has a lead title. So so uh, there was a lot of articles that came out about that. We'll probably link some of those mm-hmm. after the fact. Um, but uh, but it's, you know, it's cool that this title was already in existence before all that happened. So maybe that'll give this title a nice little push, you know, because you know, he was in a lot of different uh, news outlets. Um, but one other thing that I want to bring to everyone's attention that's special about this episode is that for you longtime listeners, you know, all five of you, uh, <laughs> you know that, uh, that, you know, I, I live in Texas and, and Ben lives in Pennsylvania. And it just so happens that, uh, you know, visiting family out here. So for the first time in our recording history, we we're actually sitting side by side recording instead of using the magic of Skype. So, <laughs> so I, I'm uh, currently in uh, Ben's uh, man cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. So we should sound exactly the same because we're using one microphone. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and it's it's a real big pleasure for me uh, to host Joe out here, even if it is for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't believe it's been five years. It's crazy. Only met you in person. This is the third time in five years. <laughs> yeah, well, it's impressive just to you know uh, develop a cool friendship and relationship from such a long distance over something uh, that we both had in common, which is Wildstorm. So who knew that was that was going to happen? Especially when you know our addiction or our our <laughs> fandom from from these titles came you know way back in 1992. So it's interesting to see where it brought us. Yes, and we've both been sharing the defibrillator, trying to keep him alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, before we started, I just mentioned, you know, this is our 50th, so it's a big big thing for us, and I, I was joking around. There's only a couple titles that have uh, been able to reach this milestone. So the original Wildcats from 1992 made it to 50 and then died, and then <laughs> Stormwatch from 1993 made it to 50 and died. But, man, did it go out with a bang, because it really launched a lot of cool content which led into the authority and, and the Midnighter character that we know today and uh, beyond. And the only title to beat us, and hopefully we'll get there eventually, is the original Gen 13, because they made it up to 77 issues. So yeah. We'll see if we make it there, buddy. <laughs> may take 20 years, but we'll make it there. 
Hey, I, we made it to 50 faster than both Wildcats and Stormwatch, so <laughs> there is that. You know, in our last episode, we mentioned how we lost control of our Gmail account that we were using for listener mail and just um, the podcast in general. Uh, we were able to recover it. Man, that is really difficult to do. So please put a backup uh, phone number or a backup email address in your Gmail account if you have one. If you don't, it is a pain in the butt to recover. Just food for thought for everybody. We did not do that. So now we do. Uh, but there were two emails in the box from last year. So, Joe, take it away. <laughs> so we have from August of 2014, <laughs> we have Doug Cross who says, Hey, guys, I was just curious what your thoughts were on the Wallstorm of the DC Universe. Do you think people accept the mashup of universes? Do you guys like it? Or do you think that they should have kept them separate and or should have Wallstorm just ended? Kind of random, but in the vein of crossover events, what were your thoughts on the Aliens and Stormwatch crossover, I guess he's talking about, yep. and the death of the major characters outside the series of books? I gave up on Wallstorm after Fire from Heaven, uh, at least collecting religiously. And he says, I still love the universe and the characters, and we'll check up on them from time to time, which is curious if the Wallstorm U is pretty well done or don't know. <laughs> so. he, he sounds a lot like us. <laughs> That's how we feel on a monthly basis. <laughs> yeah. Well, Doug, I mean, I don't know if you're a longtime listener or not, but, um, you know, we obviously have touched on this before, but, I mean, the the gist of it is, yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, we would have preferred that Wildstorm stayed separate. And obviously, after the way they were treated in the New 52, you know, it's it's uh, pretty amazing that we have a Midnighter title <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, because, you know, it seemed that they were just going to be swept under the rug. So, you know, I think that pretty much uh, without getting too much into a rant <laughs> covers the, the general consensus, I think. What, yeah. What do you say, Ben? Yeah. In, <laughs> even if you uh, looked at last year and what they tried to do with Future's End and, you know, they started that title, they launched it with Grifter on the front cover and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to see a lot of him. They kept a lot of his abilities from his solo run in the new DCU 52, and then he just kind of faded away. Um, and there was some Stormwatch in there, and they kind of just faded away. So they are keeping some of the the things that happened then in the Midnighter title, it seems like, except, you know, Stormwatch doesn't exist. But, yeah, I don't know. It, I think, personally, I'd prefer them to be their own their own thing but if they have to be tied to dc uh the dcu just we would just prefer that there'd be more of it i don't <laughs> think i would care if it was tied in just as long as there was more more of our characters that we know and love yeah and i mean there's hints that it's it's you know own world still i don't know i think you mentioned something about the wildcats showing up in one of the the back of one of the issues i forgot which one you said but yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll just see where it goes. It would be nice to see. I mean, I think bottom line is if they're going to be in the DCU as long as they're good versions of the characters, because obviously this Midnighter, in my opinion, so far is better than the one we saw in Stormwatch, even though it's the same one technically. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm glad they went back to the classic look and all that. So, so I, I, you know, if this is all we can get for now, then so be it. So. <laughs> yeah, and even if they take a... You know, a turn with some of the characters and try something new. You know, if they do something cool, we'll we'll be behind it, just like you saw with uh, Warblade 
in the um, Ravagers title. We love that change to that character. Yeah, just as long as there's some more of it. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. All right, and then we also had Matt L. from September of 2014. Says, hey, what's up? I used to hang out occasionally at the DC Wallstore message boards as Matt Nider. My local comic shop was having a store-wide sale, and like always, I picked up a few random Wallstorm titles. One of them was Gen 13 Interactive. In a recap, it said Sarah Rainmaker's father was Callahan, and that Bliss and Matthew were half-siblings. Is that continuity? If so, where was it revealed? Couldn't find Clark's bar or your old wiki, so hope you still check this occasionally. <laughs> we do, Matt, but... <laughs> it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, the wiki is dead. Uh, I think I sent him something from the Wayback Machine. It was the best I could do. I didn't really remember this. Uh, did you? Or? Yeah, so in the original Gen 13 title... I believe the first issue, it shows Bliss and Matthew as as children, mm-hmm. and and they are siblings. That first issue, their parents get killed in a car crash or something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, I personally didn't ever pick up Gen 13 Interactive. I have seen it in the bargain bins a couple of times, so that's about as far as I could remember, Matt, so... A lot of that is getting fuzzy as time goes by. <laughs> and uh, without the wiki to reference easily anymore. Um, so that's the best I got. <laughs> so we're going to move on to Midnighter number two, which was released on July 1st, written by Steve Orlando with art by Akko, cover by Akko, and variant cover by Kevin Wada. Um, we open up this issue in Oakland. And we see uh, basically a family here, a wife and a husband. And then you see her unpackaging something, which is interesting. And then immediately it cuts to a panel of a death in the family. So we learn quickly that it's her husband and the company that he works for, Windcrest Foods, knew that they might poison people with a relatively exotic allergy or a rare allergy And it just so happened that her husband happens to be one of those people. So they knew, yet continued on anyway and pushed forward. And he died. And so I guess this package that she received, I don't know why she would have received it, but I, you know, that's um, the gardener must be pulling strings and, and using her influence and understood what was about to happen. So it happens to be this like alien kind of vest and she puts it on. And you can see that it is a gift from the God Garden. And that's where we started off. And then we get to the next page, and it's Midnighter in Boston at uh, Al's, Al's Mass. So he's playing pool with his with the owner of the bar and talking about Midnighter and the relationships that he has. And then eventually Midnighter's being called in. So he's connecting, and he realizes that something's wrong. Even the bartender's like, well, somebody's uh, mouth is due for a fist, which is kind of fun. <laughs> so we cut over to Oakland, and we're already in the middle of uh, the woman whose husband died. She's already in the process of infiltrating the building of Wincrest Foods and killing uh, all the security guards so that she can get into the building. And she uh, starts making her way up up the building and... I suppose all the executives are on the top floor, so she's just starting from ground level and working her way up. It's kind of like the Matrix scene when you walk into the lobby and just start (laughs) destroying everybody, and this 
this alien vest works, um, I guess through sound It produces sound in a way that, um, can stop people's hearts, burst their heads open, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever it needs to, it, it figures out a way to, to kill the people that are in her path. Yeah. And she's basically just, uh, kicking butt here going, going through and nobody's able to stop her at all. And then Midnighter comes in on the scene. He just steps out of the door and she turns, uh, over over to him and immediately he's uh he's taken back by this this new uh god garden technology um he's thrown through the through the wall or through some desks and uh crashes on the floor so that's that's our title sequence and we get midnighter question mark because we don't know if he's coming back from that of course he is it's only issue number two right (laughs) um i don't know they've they've killed our characters a lot faster before so yeah (laughs) Anyway, so um, this woman gets to the boardroom and and she's with all the executives and she has her little diatribe about killing her husband and they knew and you can see that all the executives are scared and worried. So she's about to to take care of them and this is about the time when Midnighter uh, starts coming to again, uh, coming back from from the sound that kind of wiped him out. He luckily survived you know nobody else was able to survive but he figures out pretty quickly because he is a human machine computing machine um what kind of happened to him and and how to handle her so this is where it gets kind of gross so he takes his hands and cups them over his ears and starts uh slamming them against his head and he breaks his eardrums basically and probably a lot more things than just his eardrums at that point so that he's all muffled and can't hear a thing and hopefully not be affected by her. And he runs up to the roof and he takes a swan dive off the roof with a tether and bursts through the glass door of the floor that she's on. And like uh, most good movies that you've seen that that technique on, it works like a champ every time and his (laughs) bottom of his boot connects with her jaw and she gets knocked clean out. Uh, then we jump over to the next day really quick and he's in Moscow and he's sitting down in a restaurant with, uh, some guy, I guess his, his new love interest. Yeah. Cause he's always bouncing around and <clears throat> having dates and flings and trysts or whatever. Um, and you know, they're having a conversation, you know, just like all the other guys that he took out, they're always, impressed and interested with his stories as a superhero and midnighters usually like not a big deal. And there's some thugs in Moscow that start uh, ragging on him because they can clearly see that these two men are out on a date together. And midnighter just says just a moment. And he shoves his fingers up the guy's nostrils and flings them over the table. (laughs) I don't know how the guy's nose could stay intact if, He's being <laughs> flung by his nostrils, but whatever. Especially by Midnighter. Yeah, right. So then he's, you know, they leave that little place because it gets demolished. And then um, he basically starts telling them about what he was just doing yesterday in Oakland. And then we cut back to that scene in Oakland with the woman in the crazy alien vest. And she's uh, knocked out by Midnighter and he uh, has a little discussion with her and, you know, wondering why why she's, you know, going on this rampage and now he understands what the company did with her husband. 
and he he uh basically takes one of the uh the executives and breaks his elbow and and wrist and everything like that and you could see that she's kind of shocked by that and and that he is kind of taking her side and wasn't wasn't really um planning on that but she kind of turns and smiles and is okay with being you know handed over to the authorities after she can see that you know there are good people out there that are that are willing to help even if it's not necessarily a physical altercation but something like you know a bad corporation that made a decision to hurt a lot of people that there are, there is consequences to that that somebody can handle in a better way so we go we leave her uh being taken away by the authorities and then we go back to Moscow and uh Midnighter and his uh his date and they're just walking through the streets and he's recapping him on that that last thing and you know they're learning a lot about each other and you know they they always sometimes they get into that thing where with like you know as a superhero you know you had you had a boyfriend before and they get back into some of Midnighter's history and they go into his history with Apollo months earlier in Opal City and you know it's Midnighter and Apollo and I guess their apartment and they have a disagreement and an argument and basically Midnighter and his his um ability to compute all the outcomes of a situation in a fight whether it's physical or I guess um relational saw the outcome that was going to happen from uh, their relationship between he and Apollo. So instead of letting that play out, even though they loved each other, he just uh, realized what was going to happen no matter what and just called it quits and walked away from it. But uh, I'm really glad that we got to see that because we were kind of questioning that leading yeah. up to this point. So it's cool that by issue two, we, we learned how their relationship kind of ended and it. It, they used Midnighter's powers in order to understand it, and that was really, really neat. So we end this issue uh, cutting back to Bridgewater, Massachusetts, and the woman who went on the killing spree is now in a holding facility, whether it's a prison or something that Midnighter has um, holding her. Um, he had chipped her or walks in and, and has a discussion with her talking about how he's taking care of the situation and he chipped her. So now he can communicate with her just like he did with that, that last guy that he went out with, which was kind of a creepy situation, but <laughs> in the first issue. And so now anytime that she needs to reach him or is in trouble, she can um, call out the midnighter and, and he can help her. And that that's just something that he um, seems to be doing and got this kind of screwed up. But they're having a conversation separate from one another because he's walking into another situation where he's about to kick some people's butt. But she's communicating to him and having a conversation like he's really excited to kick these guys butts because it's like his birthday. And she's like, cool, he's cleaning up some more more bad people out there. <laughs> so. I have a good feeling we're going to be walking into a big fight of some weird uh, technology uh, stormtrooper kind of thugs here at, in the next issue. Uh, that was issue number two. It was another strong, strong issue uh, from Steve Orlando's uh, big start. 
um, in issue number one and the preview. Joe, were you able to get uh, go back and read the preview that was online? Uh, no, I just I haven't had time to, to get anything. <laughs> no, that's cool. I understand. You're, you're busy. I was on vacation. You were on vacation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree it was a good issue, but uh, I think for me, especially reading it quickly before we started recording, <laughs> it was a little bit more of I kind of was – uh, struggling to understand where we're going with this uh, because, I mean, obviously there's still the the connection to the God Garden. Then uh, the girl's name was Marina, uh, who lost her husband. Uh, there's still the connection to the God Garden, so there's obviously something going on here more than what we can see because, you know, uh, why would the gardener randomly choose this this girl to to do this? I mean, I don't think it's just solely to go after that corporation. So I think that was my one thing is that I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm still curious to see what's 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 really going on here because there's just too much at face value it seems very random. Yeah, we and, may uh, see her again. I have a feeling just because she seems to have a a stronger connection to Midnighter than you know some of his other random dates that he's he's chipped in the past. Yeah, she might be useful in the future. Yeah, because I couldn't, I didn't really grasp exactly what was going on here at the end. Like, if she knows what he's doing or why he needs her help with this particular, uh, you know, venture he's going on to take on this group. Uh, so hopefully that'll be more clear in the next issue because she's basically become like his oracle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, a good point. Except uh, in prison. <laughs> so basically, what I gathered from the whole Apollo breakup was that he told Apollo that he's really not Lucas Trent which is the name he's been going by. So I guess that's where he tells him here about the garden, the God garden and all that. And Apollo just gets upset, obviously, because he feels like he was lying to him. So, I mean, all in all, it, it sucks, you know, some, not something I wanted to see, you know, and especially uh, with the character getting more exposure, I would have rather that Apollo be there, but you know, there's always a chance for him to come back later, but, but yeah. we do know that Apollo is alive and in this universe, which is cool. Yeah, so I think I think just overall, uh, this issue just made me scratch my head a little bit of where we're going, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. It's only issue two, but uh, I just felt like the first issue was just a really good introduction to Midnighter, and this one is is a good continuation. But it can definitely tell there's so much more that we're missing here. So hopefully there'll be a little bit more clarity in the next issue. But uh, still, still loving the art and. I love, I still love all the little ideas, like her suit, you know, how it, she says it has the six different kill words, and that's what she was uh, doing to hurt everybody there, including Midnighter. So that was a pretty cool concept, and yeah, the whole thing with Midnighter smashing his ears in, that was a pretty pretty intense scene. Oh, yeah, um, he, she um, did all six kill words on Midnighter in yeah. order to put him down. That's <laughs> like a fatality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's just one of those like uh, I, I'm already ready for issue three because I want to know more. So it's coming soon in a couple <laughs> weeks. Everybody go out and pick it up because this series is great so far. Uh, so other Wildstorm sightings and tie-ins. <laughs> it's a big old zilch, <laughs> which it's probably the way it's going to be for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm hoping that in October for the New York Con, 
because that's starting to grow as big as San Diego, that we do have some other wild storm news. I'm just, I'm hoping that they purposely pushed it off from San Diego to put more emphasis on or separate any wild storm news from all the major news that comes out of San Diego. It would get lost in the, in that. Yeah, well, I think the thing the the thing with them is now that this in their minds it's not separate. It's just basically, you know, what characters do we have, and mm-hmm. you know, where are we going to use them? Obviously, in their mind, I think, I think Wildstorm is not even a a concept to them anymore. It's just these are our, these are our smorgasbord of characters, you know, and who do we want to use next? Who do we think is going to have a successful title? And I think at this time, Midnighter was a good choice to have the solo title that way focuses on him and we'll just see where it goes from there. I mean, it's his whole other, whole other thing by itself. You know, it's uh, I mean, and you know, he's had a, a solo title in the past, but it back then the authority existed and he still had, you know, ties to the authority here. He has ties to no one, <laughs> not even Apollo anymore. So, so this is totally uncharted territory for him. <laughs> So coming up here in August, on the, on the 5th of August, we do have Midnighter number 3. So he goes up against somebody named Multiplex, who's the man with the power of infinite self-replication. In other words, all his dreams are coming true. <laughs> <laughs> infinite clones means infinite bones to break. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's who we saw at the end of this issue, but it's possible. Uh, then on September the 2nd, we have Midnighter number 4, where Grayson comes back, and he, they're reunited, and... Uh, it says, granted, it was Grayson's idea, and yes, technically, Midnighter might have kidnapped him and uh, brought him to Moscow to fight a herd of feral vampires. Maybe this reunion is getting off on the wrong foot. <laughs> it's okay. Midnighter apparently is very forceful. <laughs> I think Grayson should consider himself lucky if he hasn't been installed with a chip yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then uh, from the new solicits, we just saw uh, on October the 7th, we have Midnighter number 5, where... Grayson and Midnighter finally have cornered the man selling the tech that was stolen from the God Garden. Unfortunately for them, he saved all the best toys for himself. Somebody's not leaving Russia alive. So so it looks like that is what's going on here in this story arc, is that you know, it started with the assault on the God Garden and the Gardener and so I guess some you know, the tech was stolen and now we're seeing uh, you know, who's behind that and why, what's their what's their motive here. So And I read a a review uh, on issue number two. I, I think, um, yeah, Comic Book Resources did a, a review on Midnighter number two, and they made a great correlation. I don't know why I didn't talk about this after your after the review, but um, just the Gardener was a new character, and you know we got to see her from Grayson, and then she came over into the Midnighter title, so it was a good transition. And they made the correlation of how that Gardner character kind of matches up to um, Henry Bendix, you know, the character that was in uh, at the you know lead of Stormwatch, and he kind of went crazy at the end there. And I thought that was a pretty good correlation there. I don't know what you thought about that. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'd have to read. I didn't read the Grayson titles. So I don't know. If- all I've seen of the gardener was issue one of Midnighter. So, well, just the uh, fact that he he created you know Midnighter originally, and mm-hmm. then this God Gardener created Midnighter. So, uh, and it's a pretty easy correlation to make. Yeah, let's just hope she doesn't turn out the same way. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> just some quick shout outs. 
The new Clark's Bar is alive and well as a Facebook group currently with 11 members. Uh, we'll list the link. So if you have a Facebook account and would like to join us, we'd love to chat with you. Or at least Joe would because I refuse to join Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those people. I'll pass messages on from Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, all the sightings, you know, I, I need to know. <laughs> And uh, just get twice the Valiant coverage now with our friends of the show from Only the Valiant podcast at onlythevaliant.com and our friends over at Cultural Wormhole, which is culturalwormhole.blogspot.com and their Valiant Futures podcast, which is where Joe is also a co-host. Check them out there. You can reach us. You can reach Joe at twitter.com slash Joe David Solis. You could look me up on Google Plus. I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, Wildstorm Addiction, uh, twitter.com slash Wildstorm Addiction. And as we talked about earlier, our Gmail account has been reinstated. So please send in the listener mail, people. We love to read them and we love to respond back to you. So that's wildstormaddiction at gmail.com. Also, check out our site on any mobile device and you'll get a sweet redesign specifically for your phone. I was working on that because I was kind of bored last week. So... <laughs> Hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's all we have for this week or this month, I guess. Man, if we were <laughs> weekly, we... <laughs> there was a time when we were bi-weekly. Remember that? <laughs> oh, man. That was so long ago. <laughs> but thank you, guys. It's uh, been fun to get back. And this has been a really cool uh, episode to record. And it's a blessing to have Joe in my house and hanging out for a short couple hours. Well, thanks for having me here, and we'll we'll go for three in a row next month. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you then, guys. Thank you.